Hello and welcome to another edition of the pre-game podcast where Kalen is recording this one with his cat. I am recording this one with one of my cats. Yes. Yes. Uh, wh- which cat do you, which cat do we have featured on the podcast today? Tell me. Uh, we we have Ginger featured on the podcast today. Uh, she won't make any noise other than the purrs that you can't hear. But trust me, she's here <laughs> and all her cute fluffiness. <laughs> I, I just realized that, like, yeah, there's really no evidence that she's here with us. But she's here with us. Regardless. She is. We're not here to talk about your cat, Caitlin. We're here to talk about your favorite sport, the NBA. It's, I think, one of the biggest things to, that could potentially happen during the season. has already happened. And that's what I want to discuss today. Do you have any idea where I'm going? Uh, James Harden to the Nets? Yes. James Harden to the Nets. And my question is... And I'm sure that you're going to think that I'm crazy or ridiculous or this is a, 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 a obscure take because, you know, that's kind of what I do. I, I throw out spicy things and then you react accordingly. Is there anybody in the Eastern Conference that can stand in front of the Nets at this point? The Bucks and the Celtics and the Heat. Okay, so the Nets have Kyrie Irvin. They have... James Harden. Yeah. And out of all of them, arguably the best one that they have is Kevin Durant. Yeah. On top of that, they have DeAndre Jordan. Okay. And many other accompanying well-rounded players. I, I was going to say DeAndre Jordan, it really helps round out the starting five. It, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not sure if he's in the starting five right now, but I mean, he rounds, he helps. I mean, he's a great player. So even if he's coming off the bench, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I mean, look, the the Nets have made a name for themselves. They are dominant now in the East. I mean, I think the stats for KD and um you almost Jay said and you, the beard. You almost said KG. Were, I almost did, yeah. You had you had for you're KD. Just, yeah, your Celtics brain on. Yeah. For KD and um the beard, the stats line I mean he almost James Harden in his first game out almost had a quadruple double or something like that. So that was nutty. Yeah, he had the um, first ever 30 point triple double in Nets history, if I remember the headline correct. Yes. And he had 45 points. Um, it was like 45 points, 10, 11 assists and 12 boards or something like that. And then he had was steals, too. He was like, hey, was that like nine steals or something crazy? Um, anyway, and then on top of that, he had nine turnovers, too. But anyway, ignoring James Harden's stat line, Kevin Durant also had like a 35 point game on top of James Harden having a 45 point game. So like automatically to me, that's like, OK, this is going to work if they can keep this pace up. This is good. It, Kyrie kind of is going to have to take a backseat again. And what I find funny is Shaq ripped him for this. Like mm-hmm. Kyrie left England because he was backseat to LeBron. Yeah, Kyrie got to lead the Boston Celtics and just left because he didn't like it basically. And that relationship kind of faltered because he wanted it to falter. It seemed like, and now he goes to Brooklyn and he's like, yeah, I'm the man in Brooklyn now. And then he recruits Kevin Durant and it's like, okay, I mean a duo that's all right. But then they recruit quote unquote recruit, ask James Harden to come play for them. And then now he's like playing third fiddle. You know, instead of playing second fiddle, he's playing third fiddle now. So, I, I don't understand yeah. Kyrie. But anyway, well, well, more here, to the point well, of your... 
Well, I, actually, if we could stay on that for a second. Okay. Could it be that Kyrie, you know, was obviously second to LeBron in Cleveland, and he was like, hey, I want to be the guy, I want to be the man. Okay, goes to Boston, becomes uh-huh. the guy, becomes the man, and maybe he doesn't like it. Maybe maybe he just wants to be able to be like, yeah, I'm like a superstar. I'm like one of the main guys on the team, you know, that type of thing. Like, I'm the guy. But he doesn't want the actual responsibility of having to go out and put it on the court. So well, now yeah, and so, so now he goes to Brooklyn and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm the guy. And then he, like, quietly in the back of his head, he's like, I have no problem giving James Harden and, and Kevin Durant the ball. Like, I guess I'll just get a bunch of assists and call it a day. Yeah, I mean, like. I think that has to be his mindset at this point because he can't be the guy over those two. Like I love Kyrie, but like his skill set is in his passing and his ball handling. Like he's he's a magician at going to the rim and making shots, but like that's not his thing. Like he's not a scorer first, he's a scorer second. And along with that, he's on a team now with two guys who are scorers first and passers second. Like KD and James Harden look to score first and then pass if they can't make it happen. So I don't know. I, I think personally that Dan, I think you're on the right track with Ka- uh, Kyrie's mindset there of like, yeah, I was the man. And he's like, nah, I don't want to be the man anymore. Like, I'm just nah, not feeling it, you know? Well, I think and he that, still wants to be in considered in the public eye the man. Like, he wants the credibility. He wants, like, the spotlight. He just doesn't want the pressure of having to be that guy every night. See, and I don't know if that's true because, like, he... He literally went to Boston and left Cleveland for that literal purpose. So I I don't know. I literally don't know. Okay. But to get back to something that you were talking about earlier, you said it works. Obviously, that being the concern between three amazing superstars and their abilities to mesh when a lot of them, you know, want a lot of shots, a lot of chances with the ball. Are there any other concerns that we have yet to get like sorted out in your opinion about this net squad? It's very early on in this relationship with these three guys. I mean, you know, as we're recording this, James Harden was acquired, you know, this previous week on Thursday, I believe, uh, to the nets. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it in the last episode of the the podcast in the previous format where James Harden was going to go. And I predicted it right. I said, he's probably going to go to the nets because that's where I'd go. And I mean, that was the logical choice of all his options. And yeah, I mean, I don't, there's probably going to be some issues down the line. There's always some issues down the line when you bring in a new superstar to a big three, but I think they all want to get the job done. James Harden is clearly ring chasing at this point. Yeah. I think they're going to have a shot at going all the way here. So I'm not too worried about how it's all going to work and how they're going to work together. Cause I think they are all looking for the same thing. They're looking to, go chase rings and keep going after rings which in the east is easier and you know back to the whole competition thing those teams that i mentioned aren't bad teams like the boston celtics are a good team i mean i believe we're i haven't watched a celtics game recently i know shocker um but i believe we're still down they're still down kemba walker you know and that's been hindering the team a lot well not to not to timestamp this but I'm currently looking at ESPN and you guys are losing 58 to 37 to the New York Knicks. Yeah. Like, so, it uh, happens. <laughs> it happens. All right, like, all the right. Celtics, the Celtics are one of those teams that they're not consistent. They're still not consistent. They're still really young and they're still trying to figure that out. Trust me. But I, 
I know I can't keep saying that and that these guys have been in the league for like three, four years, but they are really finally coming into like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum in particular are really coming into the all-stars that they're going to be. Um, so they're still going to make some rookie mistakes and they're still going to be down to the Nets or the not the Nets, the Knicks sometimes. <laughs> anyway, every team has their flukes. Moving on to other good teams like the Heat, for instance, are still the Heat. They're pretty much the same roster that just went to the NBA Finals. There really weren't many changes there. So if you don't think that they're a formidable force, you're naive. And then the Bucks are always, always fighting for it. So I don't know. And then Joel Embiid is on fire for the Sixers as well. So I don't know. Maybe the Sixers will be more of a contender this year again. I mean, the reason that I was so quick to be like, you know, can anyone stop the Nets is uh, there's possibilities, right? There's always possibilities. But like outside of some of the teams you named, like I don't see teams trending in the right direction. So like, let, let's look at the standings for a second. Te- now it's again, incredibly early, but teams that are currently sitting in playoff spots include teams like the Cavs, the Pacers, the Magic, the Hornets. I mean, in a seven game series, did like, do any of those teams even have a chance? Cavs, Magic Hornets? No. No, like, it, it, it feels like, especially at this point, that the Nets have very little stopping them from just walking to, at the very least, the conference final, if not the whole thing, you know, the, the, you know, the championship final. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you go by the standings, right? So if we're looking at the standings, the teams in the way are the Celtics at top of the standings right now, losing to the Knicks, you know, Bucks, Pacers, Sixers, Nets is the top five. And honestly, the Pacers... The Pacers are are good. I think they're better than they've been in the past. Um, and they will compete with these teams up here. But realistically, I think the Pacers finish in fifth or sixth uh, this year. The Heat will have a record of four and seven right now. Uh, if I remember correctly, they have injuries right now, though. So they're not playing with their best roster. And I don't know. I think the Heat will pick it up. It's early. It's early. We have to remember, like... This isn't usual December basketball. We're watching like October basketball right now Mm -hmm. in what would have been the normal season. So we have to keep that in mind when we look at all the numbers and we look at all of, you know, the stats and things, because this is still early. And although we had a very short off season, so guys are still probably kind of in rhythm still. It depends how much of a break they took, you know, like Jimmy Butler probably took majority of the short break he got off because he literally was playing in the last game of the NBA season and half died in that final series like mm-hmm, twice. Mm-hmm. So I would think that guy took a big break and he's probably a little rusty coming into the season here or a little bit exhausted. The Raptors are down here at 12 as well, you know, four and eight. They're another good team still. Like we all thought that they were going to go to the finals last year. So before the bubble. So again, <laughs> like I don't know, man. Those are two teams to me that I think once they get their act together, they're going to be skyrocketing up and be more formidable towards playoff time. You know, teams like the Knicks, Hawks, Hornets, Cavs, Magic, Bulls, even Wizards, Pistons, all these teams that are kind of the quote unquote bottom barrels of the East. They could surprise me. I could be stunned by the Cavaliers this year or the Hawks this year. or You know, it could happen. They've acquired players. They've acquired you know, little pieces that they needed as well. Um, you know, the Hawks are trying to do their best to accompany uh, Trey Young and give him what he needs to go into the playoffs finally. Of course, yeah. Um, 
do I see it happening? Like, am I going to sit here and predict it right now? No, I'm not going to sit here and predict it right now. Because honestly, Dan, I haven't seen half these teams play. Like, I've seen the Nets play. I've seen the Sixers play. I've seen the Pacers play. I don't need to watch the Bucks play because they've been the same team for three years in a row, if not longer. And they do the same thing all game, every game. Just chuck. <laughs> <laughs> Drive to the lane, pass it out, chuck. I haven't seen the Knicks play because I'm recording. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dur- during the I, game. And exactly. And I haven't seen, you know, the Heat or Raptors play yet either, but or Bulls, Wizards, Pistons. So I haven't seen a lot of the East yet this year. So it's hard for me to sit here and go, yeah, I can tell you that the Pistons are going to come out of 15th and skyrocket halfway through the season the 8th and barely make it into the playoffs and go out in the first round. Like, I can't sit here and say that. But to your point, Dan, yes, there's very little competition in front of the Nets right now. I feel like I got sidetracked from that whole point. But <laughs> it's, the, it's okay. the competition the Nets are facing is basically uh, not even the magic because that's kind of where I think the drop off is going to be. It's basically the Sixers, Pacers, Bucks, Celtics right now. And I think the Heat, when they get their act together, and the Raptors, when they get their act together, will be more competitive. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in the Raptors at this point, but okay. I, I support really? you on the Miami Heat. I think I think the Raptors are experiencing the exact thing that we talked about a lot at the tail end of last season. They They just don't have the ability to maintain the team and the roster as they want. And it's going to kind of fall apart as, you know, they're going to have to commit to some big contracts on certain players. And because of that, pass on some others. We already saw, you know, two, you know, two major veterans of the team leave. That's so, true. That's true. I mean, know. I guess I have early season faith in the Raptors. That might change in, in a couple weeks here. No, um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure all of Toronto is crying right now, but you, you may have whatever opinion you have on them. <laughs> I like to I like to believe in teams when they've come off of winning championships and stuff. I like to believe in teams before I just write them off for the season, you know? Yeah. Especially when they had a good season last year. And just, you know, I like to think that losing those two guys won't totally trash their season, but it could. I mean, on the flip side, I'm waiting for Secret Base to put out a collapse episode about how, you know, the Toronto Raptors went from championship to bottom feeders in the Eastern Conference in two seasons. <laughs> That's what I'm looking forward to. But speaking of looking forward to things, so obviously the fact that the Nets are by far the most super teamy like option mm-hmm. in the East, mm-hmm. it probably means that the other good players in the East that you know aren't necessarily like on a team that's as toe for toe superstar matched as the Nets, okay. they might be looking to move. That's just kind of what you know, like. For example, when, you know, uh, Golden State had, you know, their kind of thing grow and all that, you know, players didn't want to, you know, be stuck losing to them in the Western Conference Finals. Do do you think that there are any superstars on some of these teams, the Celtics, the Bucks, the 76ers, that could want to try to move teams either to another Eastern Conference team and try to go toe-to-toe super team versus super team, or... Do you think they're going to try to get out of the East entirely and move over to the West? Do you think players like Joel Embiid comes to mind? Maybe Kemba Walker, maybe Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like these players sign deals and everything, but it doesn't mean that they can't pull a James Harden, throw a hissy fit, go, I want out of here, and then, you know, be traded to wherever they're trying to land. That's a really great question, Dan. I think it's too early to tell, right? I think think players right now see the super team there. They look at that and go, that's 
that's a formidable opponent. And really, your superstars of the East are on the Boston Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers, the Pacers, and Victor Oladipo. You know, you have Trey Young on the Hawks, who I would consider a superstar of the East. Jimmy Buckets on the Heat. Oh, of course. You know, Zach Levine's the best player on the Bulls. I don't know if he's necessarily a superstar. Bradley Beal, to me, is a superstar player. Um, I don't know. If I can see guys like, I think if the Heat have a bad year this year, I could see Jimmy Butler in the offseason kind of getting sturry, uh, wanting to leave, you know, because now he has a big obstacle in front of him of the Nets, and he might be looking at the Heat roster and go, this squad can't take down that that squad. Like, we just can't. Yeah, um, like no, no offense to to Tyler Hero, but he's no yeah, he's no James Harden or Kevin Durant to to be alongside whoever you want to compare Jimmy Butler to, you know, on right on and, the net squad. And, but still. and Hero has to defend Kevin Durant, you know, like yeah, how, yeah. How do you do that? Like exactly, that's that's kind of my point. I think he'd more match up against James Harden, but either way, it doesn't matter if you're stuck on either one of those guys. You're kind of screwed when you're a second year rookie. So you're saying um, you're saying Jimmy Butler would be the only one that sees the Brooklyn Nets as like, I have to move in order to be successful in the East at this point. Yeah. I would say Jimmy Butler is the only guy that would really be thinking that I think it's too early to tell. We can't really tell the Nets dominance at this point. They're eight and six. They've played like one or two games. You know, it's really early to make a call of the Nets are going to be the golden state warriors of the East, especially because they have Steve Nash in his first year of coaching. (laughs) So like, it's not like they have, Steve Kerr, who'd been a coach for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say a long, long time, but had been a coach longer than Steve Nash has been. I mean, long um, enough. Yeah. 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 When Golden State made the run and he knew how to make the right decisions in crunch time and he'd yeah. been in the finals, you know. Yeah. I mean, at least, at least he hasn't been in the finals. Well, at, I mean, at least Steve Kerr came in with, you know, at, at least coach, the ring he came already. In with coaching experience. He had coaching experience. He, well, he had, he'd been a coach for a period of time. Like I, Steve Nash, if this team goes to the, mm-hmm. if the Nets go to the finals, mm-hmm. Steve Nash will be a first year coach in the finals. And I mean, he's been in the finals as a player. We all know that, but like as a coach, that's total. I feel like it's not totally different, but it's very different from being a player. Like you ha- you're the guy making the calls. Like you're the guy who's like, we need to do this. We need to do that. I know we need to do that. And I know keeping all those guys heads on straight. Which with those three hotheads, I mean, I shouldn't. Kevin Durant's pretty soft spoken, but Kyrie and James Harden try and keep those two in a straight line. That's insanity. So he's got his work cut out for him. But I don't know. I, I feel like the Nets are going to be like a self governing body between those three guys. <laughs> and yeah, Steve I was, Nash is just going to be there, like attempting to steer the ship. Yeah, a little bit of uh, maybe a little bit of uh, uh, Tywin Lou situation back from when LeBron was basically the head coach in Cleveland when he was when he was playing there, ironically with Kyrie. Now, I was just saying that yeah. Steve Kerr, he also has gone to like an NBA finals as a player. But the difference mm-hmm. is he has rings to show for it. So, well, a, Steve a, Nash didn't a, get the luxury of playing with Michael Jordan. He yeah, had the, <laughs> the hardship. He had the hardship of playing against him. So, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, um, regardless, I I definitely think that this could cause some, you know, obvious uh, domino effects across the East. Jimmy Butler is the clear one that, you know, we have no problem saying just because it's very obvious that he is the most opinionated and has no problem throwing a hissy fit he has and no, moving. Yeah, yeah, he has no problem saying I can't get my ring here anymore and leaving. 
Um, he has no issues with that. Mm-hmm. He's done it several times. Um, and then he'll go play for a team like the Timberwolves for half a season and then get picked up by like the 76ers again or something crazy. But honestly, if, you, if I wanted to look at another team that might have that issue, I would look at the Sixers and I'd look at Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Yeah, wanting, wanting out. Yeah, because I mean, if one of those guys can't, if one of those guys feels like the Sixers can't match up, well, the process is dead already, but let, that the process will never pay off, essentially. Rip no matter how many years they, yeah, no matter how many years they try to make it pay off. Yeah, I could see one of those guys wanting to bounce too. I don't know if that will happen. I don't know if there will be any press about it. I don't think it'll happen this season, but I can see one of those guys wanting out of there soon if the Nets are an impassable or an impenetrable barrier for the 76ers. Yeah, I I think that there might be a little bit more moving and shaking because of it. And who knows? Maybe like <laughs> it, it's difficult to say. I don't know what I would rather have happen like another super team form in the East. Cause it's not like those teams going to the West makes it any easier. Then you're just up against, you know, the LeBron led Lakers. You're up against mm-hmm. the Clippers, you know, you're up against, uh, you know, rising stars in the Phoenix suns. You're up against, you know, the golden state warriors who are back from injury ish. They're still trying to get back in their form, but I mean, they're, it's still pieces of golden state that, you know, went they're, to, they're uh, dead. They're dead. Golden State Dynasty. Golden State Dynasty's dead. Okay, okay, but like other teams that are like you know on the come up, the Portland Trail Blazers, the Mavericks. You yep. know, uh, you could even maybe throw well the Pelicans. You can throw in there. Um, oh, for sure. You can even give credit to the Jazz and the Nuggets if you want to. It's not. It's not like going to the Western Conference solves your problem. You still have the same no, issues out no, there. The, the West so, is still harder. Like the West yeah. is way harder still. So I mean, maybe maybe the solution is for some of these stars to start grouping up. Maybe like Jimmy Butler's like. You know, screw it. Send me to Boston. Send me to Milwaukee. Oh, I, I actually would like to see Jimmy Butler in Boston. He's well, less okay. injury prone than Kemba Walker, but he can kind of fill the shoes of Kemba when Kemba's out. Um, well, he, I think I think Kemba's a better leader, though. Unlike what we talked about earlier about Kyrie Irving, I have a feeling that Jimmy Butler has uh, a bit of an issue if he's not number one, clear and uh, and free. True, but. Only time will tell on that, and I, uh, I definitely think we, uh, we should revisit this. You know, put this one up on the shelf and revisit it in mm, uh, around the All Star break. See if our opinions have changed. Yeah, I mean, we'll get a much better feeling of the standings. You know, will the Heat be a team this year? Will the Raptors be a team this year? Probably not. You know, can Zach Levine pull the Bulls out of the dumpster fire that they're in? Because he's having he's Zach Levine. I don't know if you've seen. He's had a great season thus far. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And the Bulls have very little to show for it, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, a lot to look at, a lot to analyze, a lot to see. Lamelo Ball on the Hornets has shown up, and they're all of a sudden the eight seeds. So that's mm-hmm. you know nice to see. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot going on in the East right now. So yeah, we'll we'll I, I like that. Yeah. Before I like we All Star break. Yeah, all star, all, all star break. Check it out again. Before we go, real quick, uh, quick prediction: Toronto Raptors, uh, north or south of, like under over. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. final ranking in the Eastern Conference: eleven and a half. North or south of it? Mm, I'll put them north of it. North of it, so either eleven or higher. Yeah, I think I think they're going to be. They're currently twelve. They're twelfth. Yeah, I think they're going to finish eleventh. 10th. I think they'll finish 9th, 10th, if I'm being honest. Okay. I mean, I could see the Knicks falling below them, but I also see the Bulls getting above them, so... You gotta, you gotta think. There's, like, 
there's 12 games played for a lot of these teams right now. So mm-hmm. a lot of these teams are four and eight and they're behind another team because they lost them earlier in the season. Like, or, you know, they're on a two game losing streak or a two game win streak or whatever it is like, you know, it, and that makes all the difference right now. So it's too, it's real early to be talking about that, but yeah, I think, I think on the season they could finish ninth, 10th. All right. Well, we'll have to check in on the progress of that and the progress of whether or not the Brooklyn Nets have uh, completely taken over the Eastern Conference at, at this point coming up. Um, you know, later on during the All-Star break, maybe we'll put off maybe even a little bit longer as we get closer to the playoffs and uh, things start kind of getting rounded out before we get into yet another NBA playoff season because, you know, the last one ended, you know, what, two months ago, three months ago? Yester- yeah. Yesterday? Yesterday? <laughs> It feels like yesterday. Yeah. So uh, things have definitely picked back up. I'm, I'm not even like fully in basketball mode. I'm I'm like, oh, yeah, that started. That's something I should pay attention to, I guess. You know, like yeah. it's weird. It's really weird because like it ended in October and I'm like, oh, we're like normally just ramping up. So then like I it just went away in my brain. And then everyone was like, hey, basketball's back. And I kind of was thinking to myself, haven't we been playing basketball? Oh, no, we haven't. <laughs> And the off season was so short that my brain didn't turn off. Like it had to turn back on because it turned. Nor- it was so used to turning off for like the normal amount of time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Anyway, that will do it for this bit of the pregame. So make sure to uh, follow us on wherever you're listening to this podcast, and don't forget to uh, follow us on social media as well. See what we're doing for the rest of the week. Maybe send us a suggestion. Slide in our DMs. Do any of those things at pregame underscore pod on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and on TikTok. Also, don't forget to send us an email directly if you want to uh, really get your questions, comments, and show suggestions in the pregame mailbag at gmail.com. And I think that covers everything for this episode. So we will see you guys next time on the pregame podcast. My name's Dan Zaleski. I'm Kalen Wolfskill. And we'll see you. Peace. Game podcast is produced by Dan Zaleski and Kalen Wolfskill. Theme music by High On You. A Ruby Media Production.